<clears throat> you know, in Jeremiah 23, we find where uh, the, the priests were given a message, and they didn't want to give the message. And it was like, a, you know, God gave, them, God gave them something to preach, and they didn't want to do it. And God said, until you preach what I told you to preach, I'm not giving anything new. And so they just didn't preach it. And God gave them nothing new. So there's a lot of rehashed sermons. How many of you have been to a church before where it seems like every service is the same rehashed sermon? I mean, besides here. All right. But um, <laughs> but um, it's true. It happens. It is rehash, 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 rehash. And I think it's a lot of times what happens is because people don't, the, the pastor preacher doesn't preach what God told them to preach. But God showed them to preach. Um, I know like there's a church that, there's a church that my family goes to. And the preacher preaches the same exact six-week cycle. Same sermons, same illustrations, same jokes every six weeks. And it's not because he's got brain deficiency. It's because he just refuses to preach what God told him to preach. So it's kind of sad, but it's, I think it's even worse is that the family stays there. I think that's the worst part of it. But it's just like, you, you know, it's just, I don't know. Anyways, so I want, to read the, I want to turn our attention to the last bit of the verses, verses number 12 on through, or you can look at even to go from verse 6 in context, but I want to look at verse number 11 on through the rest of the chapter, and I want to preach on this, ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance isn't bliss. Um, we're going to turn our attention to the last few verses. We see the supremacy, we've seen so far the supremacy of Christ laid out in the first five verses, uh, first five chapters, excuse me, in contrast to the heavenly messengers, the prophets, the the priests, and now the writer is telling us that we are that we have many more things that he wants to discuss with us, or to discuss with the reader who is written to, about Christ. But the readers were dull of hearing. It says that in verse number eleven, of whom we have many things to say and are hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. You try saying something and it's just like, well, what does that mean? And then he's like, okay, and then he says it a different way. And well, what does that mean? Or ask him, ask him a certain way. Well, what does that mean? It's not. That's not what he's saying here. It's that they were dull of hearing, and the fact they just tuned out their ears, they refused to listen. They just dumb. They just kind of put, put the off switch on. I used to think it was people weren't educated. I think it's because people are just not interested. People are interested in the things of God anymore, in a wide spectrum. That's why we have to have the lights. That's why we have to have the smoke machine. Smoke machine. That's why we have to have. You know, guest preachers come in like every three months because they get tired of the same voice and they're not listening to the voice of the pastor. They're not catching the vision of the church. And that's why you got to have constantly shake things up. Um, it, it's, sad, it's sad that that happens. It really is. But it's not because they're not being taught the word of God. It's because they choose not to be interested in the things of God. Here in this passage, the heart of hearing. They should be teachers by now. They should be masters of the subject, but they choose to be ignorant. Now, there's things in the Bible that says that there's things in the Bible that we ought to be ignorant about. We ought to be ignorant towards sin. We ought not know the we ought not know the pains of sin. We shouldn't be wise concerning the concerning that which is evil. We should be simple or innocent towards those things that are simple. Paul says, "I would not have you ignorant, brethren." Concerning those things, you know, which you know, concerning them which are asleep, you know, he's just there's so many there's things that I I don't want you to be ignorant towards. I don't want you to be, well, I don't know. I just I don't I really never I don't know. I, this this past week, Aaron has messaged me four different topics. <laughs> Aaron messages me all the time. 
He messages me like four different topics this past week alone of things that he's personally studying out and asking me bouncing ideas off. Or maybe someone asked him and he's like, wait, what is this coming from? But he's asked me four different topics this past week alone. It's not because he doesn't want to study it out. He is studying it out. He's just making sure he's not off the deep end on doctrine. He's not off the doc- doctrine. He's not off the deep end on doctrine. He's off the deep end on other things. Right, Sarah, he's off, he's off into the aquarium stage. But Thomas Gray, in one of his essays, in one of, his, in one of the um, poems or writings he wrote, he said, says, ignorance, says, ignorance to be bliss. And we've ever heard that before, ignorance is bliss. It came from Thomas Gray. He says, tis ignorant, tis, tis ignorance to be bliss. Or it's, it's bliss to be ignorant, that's what I should say. It was, it's, um, it's bliss to be ignorant. Well, no, it's not. It's absolutely not. You ask my six-year-old, Sydney, who's falling asleep. You ask my seven-year-old, Aisley. They have to know everything. And it's not that they know everything. They think they do, but they ask why. Why? They want to know everything. They want to know all the ins and outs of everything there is. And Abigail sometimes, too. They're not asking because they want to just out of curiosity. They want to know so they can figure it out. They want to know what happens if a shark eats you. They want to know how it feels. They want to know if, if it doesn't hurt. They want to know does it does her blood. They want to know all the details because you're trying to weigh out the measuring if they want to get eaten by a shark. I mean, they, they just, that's that's literally. They want to know the X's and O's. They're they're interested in finding out the guts and gore. I had a I had a sore on a, like an ulcer, a sore, whatever on, on my on my on my um on my stomach, and it was all weird looking. And one of the girls came up and gave me a hug, and I was like, "Ooh, ow!" And they said, "What is it?" I said, "I got hurt." Can I see it? I'm like, no, it's a sore. And they said, well, I want to see it. I'm like, okay, they're going to get grossed out. I showed them the spot, showed them the sore. They weren't grossed out. They want to know how I got it. They want to know if it hurts. They want to know if it's infected. They want to know if I have to go to the doctor. They want to know if they have to have surgery. They want to know if there's any blood. They want to know if they're going to cut me out. They want to know if there's going to be a hole in me afterwards. I mean, they're just asking all these deep out questions. Ignorance, it's not bliss to be ignorant. And the kids know that for sure. We, they're asked all the time, well, why, 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 how, what, who, why? Who are you talking to? None of your, none of your business who I'm talking to. What they say? Who are you talking to? Where are we going? How much longer? Where are we going? They have to know everything. And kids understand it's not bliss to be ignorant. Now, we want them to be ignorant, right? We want them not to understand certain things. Until it comes to school, we want them to wise up. They don't do that either. This is not what God's Word says. There are things that we should strive to be simple towards, but it is never wise to be ignorant. In chapter 5, verses 6 through 14, he says, There are things that I want to tell you about Christ, but you don't understand. You're not interested. I can't teach you. Christians are expected to grow in the knowledge and the grace of God. In 2 Peter chapter number 3, 2 Peter chapter number 3, there is simplicity that's in Christ. Don't get me wrong. But the simplicity is not that you're like, uh, Jesus is the answer to every question. Well, no, he's not. There's other answers besides Jesus, right? What did you learn about in school, in Sunday school? Jesus. What was the sermon about today? God. What did the preacher preach about today? The Bible. Well, those are good answers. Thankfully, I do preach on the Bible sometimes. Thankfully, it is going to bring about things about God and, and Jesus, but... Learn more about it, and we should have more knowledge about the simplicity that's in Christ more than just the, I don't know, knee-jerk reactions. 
the fact that we know the yes, the simplicity is that he is the he is the answer to the law. He is the answer for salvation. That's the simplicity part of it. It's not about how many sins you're supposed to repent of and to what extent you're supposed to repent of the sins and have you repented enough? Did you forget one? Are you obeying all the Ten Commandments? Did you sacrifice the right sacrifice? Did you heave when you should have waved? Should you do wave when you should have drank? Did you burn when you should have? Aren't you glad we don't have to know all those different strategies of what the sacrifices were? Was it the right finger? Was it head and finger? Was it ear, finger, and toe? Or was it toe, finger, and ear? In what order was it supposed to be on? Was the blood supposed to be sprinkled? Aren't you glad we don't have to follow all those extra, all those extra sacrifices? We have one sacrifice. It is Jesus Christ. That's the simplicity that's in Christ. By the way, all those sacrifices in the Old Testament never mount to hill of beans. They didn't, sac they didn't save anybody either. Amen. Right? It was always faith in the one sacrifice to come. But in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, But grow in grace. Don't stay ignorant. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. So grow in grace. Time to go beyond it. Now wait, that sounds kind of strange, doesn't it? Because when you grow in grace, it means you're doing something. This, this this is fun because you ask you ask the Calvinists, well, if you grow in grace, it'll be done for you. Because there's nothing you can do for salvation or sanctification. It's all of God's grace. And those that are truly elect will persevere to the end because that's irresistible grace of God. So you can't reject it. You can't deny it. So what you will, will be. And that's why there's sin is perfection among Calvinists. Because once you get saved, grace will continue it on, and there's no such thing as a backslidden Calvinist because they can't say no to grace. Well, that's dumb because in this verse alone it says, but grow in grace. Grow is a verb. It's telling you to do something. It's telling you not to receive action, but to bring forth action. But grow in grace. You have to put forth the effort to grow in grace. Now, you're not earning salvation. By the way, no one ever earns salvation. Right? No one ever earns it. They obtain it by faith in Jesus Christ. So to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's not just growing in grace, realizing that, hey, when I do sin, I have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. When I do mess up, there's faith, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to, and, to, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness when I confess my sin before him. But it's not just grace that we're supposed to grow in, we're supposed to also grow in what? Knowledge. It's not enough to play ignorance. It's not enough to sit back and say, well, I don't really know. Let me write it down and let me ask, let me ask someone down, you know, let me ask Gabriel or Daniel or Eck or Aaron or Pastor or Josh or someone else. It's never that case. It's for us to grow. Now, there's some things that we've never come across. And I understand it. There's some things I've never come across. I'm like, wait, what? And I'm not saying I'm perfect. There's things I mess up on all the time. I remember a couple years ago, Gabriel laughs at this all the time. I really thought that Jerry Boehm and Ray Boehm were brothers. Because the name Boehm. And I'm like, I totally, I was like, totally ignorant mistake. But you know what? I never spent a lot of time in the Old Testament studying out the Old Testament. It's not because I thought where it wasn't for us. I just never spent much time in the Old Testament. I always spent so much time in the New Testament, which is whatever. But I learned how to grow in the knowledge, in the, in, the, in, the, um, in the grow in the grace of the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 through 14. This is like a, 
a principal model that I have towards our church and towards my preaching that my preaching mentality and my, my ministry focus. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 through 14. Paul is writing to the church of Colossus, for this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. It's not just knowledge about the Bible and having Bible jeopardy. When I was 11, 12, I was 11 years old. I wasn't quite a teenager. I went to a teen rally with a church, my church in New York, and I was like, what's up? I wasn't supposed to be there, but my dad was a chaperone, so I got to go. And they're going through with Bible trivia. And it, there was like, I don't know, 50, 60 people and 50 or 60 teenagers. And when it all boiled down, there was three left on the, on the platform doing Bible Jeopardy or Bible trivia. Mark Pelletier, who was a sophomore, a pastor's daughter, <laughs> I don't remember her name, and me. I was 11. And we're on the, going through there, and I was smoking them. And I'm not, you're not supposed to smoke people or cigarettes, but I was. And I was smoking them, and I was like ringing every answer. Dun, dun, dun. The guy couldn't even get through the Bible question. I was answering Bible trivia questions. Dun, 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 dun. And I mean, nonsense, just going at it. It came down to finally, then they had, then they went into second, to second round, and they said, okay, you had a one answer penalty where if you answer the question, you have to wait. Not that question, but the, every other question to answer it. So I was answering every other question, and this pastor's daughter started answering every other question, and Mark Pelletier was just getting an attitude because I was showing him up. He didn't like it. And I wasn't doing it to show him up, but man, it felt good anyway, right? And going through the, all the Bible trivia questions, and then it happened. Now, I'm 11 years old. I'm a kid. Has anyone ever heard the song, the Arky Arky song? Oh, no. Okay, I'm going to do it real quick. The Lord told Noah to build him an arky, arky. Lord told Noah to build him an arky, arky. Build it out of gopher, barky, barky, children of the Lord. So rise and shine and give God the glory. Okay? So in that song, the question comes up. What did Noah build the ark out of? <laughs> gopher, barky, barky. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody laughed. Non-stop laughing. Go for Barky Barky. Lost my cool from there. I came in second place. But then the knowledge it is not the knowledge is not that you come in, in second place in a Bible trivia contest. It is to know and to be filled with the knowledge of his will and with this with his knowledge of, you know in, in in wisdom and spiritual understanding. For what purpose? To what purpose? They may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, that we walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, that what we do pleases God, being fruitful in every work. No, every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. So it's not just to have knowledge of God, but to grow in the knowledge of God, to increase in the knowledge of God. Now, having said that, I've done deuce research to prove myself, to vindicate myself, and Shittim wood, which is what the ark was built out of, was also known as gopher wood. I am vindicated of my mistake at 11 years old. All right. Strengthened with all might according to the glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which, made us, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, 
who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son and whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Go to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. So you see there's a pattern that God wants us to not stay ignorant. Yes, stay ignorant towards sins. Yes, stay ignorant to what the pains of and chains of, 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 of uh, being enslaved to sin. God doesn't want us to do that. The Bible says, be not entangled again. Right? Be not entangled again. You know, stand fast therefore in the liberty where God hath made you free, and be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage, in the chains, in the yoke of bondage. Don't be caught back into that where you're stuck trying to serve God and do things to God in order to get saved because it never has accomplished anything. And that's what man's religion does. If you go to a church and the preacher gets up there and says, do this in order to get saved. Repent of your sins in order to get saved. They're trying to bring you to a, to a yoke of bondage because you'll never achieve repentance of sins because there's always something we're supposed to, next we're supposed to repent of. There's always more filth. There's always more sin. There's always more flesh that we have to get rid of as a Christian. But Paul said it himself, O wretched man that I am. Wait, wait a second, Paul. You're the apostle. You wrote 13, arguably 14 books of the New Testament. How in the world can you call yourself a wretched man? Because he knew that in, my in, my, in his flesh dwelt no good thing. So sinless perfection is out the window. So this... We ought to be, we ought to be um, innocent towards sin. We ought to realize that there's going to be sin in our life, and we need to execute ourselves, execute that sin properly. Get rid, execute the sin out of our life properly. That's a better way to phrase it. We ought to get rid of the sin out of our life. Go to Second Peter chapter one, verse number five through sixteen. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. What does the word add mean? Increase, growth, right? And to virtue, understood, add knowledge. And to knowledge, add temperance. Again, it's understood, add temperance. And to temperance, again, we understand that there's a, there's a word of implying, it means add patience. And to patience, add godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For, these th for if these things be in you, and abound, they make you that ye should neither be barren nor unfruitful in the what? Knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off. And what? Hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Doesn't mean you're not saved anymore. It means you forgot. Because you didn't grow. You forgot because you didn't add it to your life. You forgot because you took it for granted. You forgot it. Doesn't mean you never obtained it. It means you forgot it, right? Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence. Okay? Give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly in the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them, and be established in the present truth. You already know these things, but I'm going to stir them up with you anyway. I'm going to remind them to you often. Even though you're already doing it, I'm not going to let it go. 
I'm not going to let it go. I'm, I'm speaking to a bunch of people today that know the Word of God. They read the Word of God. They practice the Word of God. But guess what? I'm going to remind you of it anyway so you don't forget. And it's called the Nehemiah principle where Nehemiah repeated himself, repeated himself, repeated himself. And I'm going to do the same thing where I'm going to repeat myself, repeat myself, repeat myself. And yeah, well, Pastor, you preached on the subject before. Well, you know what? I'm going to repeat myself, and I'm going to repeat myself, and I'm going to repeat myself, and I'm going to repeat myself. Because we're children tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. And if we don't give heed to them and stir them up in our remembrance, we'll give heed to those things. We'll give heed to those very same things. Verse 13. Yea, I think it neat, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. As long as I'm in this body, I think it's good for me to do it. How about beating a dead horse? Look what it says in verse number 14, knowing that shortly I must put off this, my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able, to, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. For we have not followed cuddly, fable, uh, cuddly devised fables, which we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. So what happens, we find, is there's a failure to grow is a failure to know. That was like, whoa, cool. T-shirt, hashtag. Failure to grow is like a failure to know. So what happens when we stay ignorant? What happens when we choose to stay ignorant? Number one, it stunts our aptitude. Go back to Hebrews chapter number five. It stunts our aptitude. It stunts what we're able to be, what we're able to do. Our aptitude. Not our altitude, our aptitude. You can only go so far high, right? You can fly so high for a while, but what is your what is your aptitude? What are you able to do? One of the things my girls told me about picking a car is it had to go fast. It had to go really fast. Well, really fast compared to what? You're riding your bike? <laughs> compared to the police cars chasing me? Like how fast are you talking here? But they didn't have. They didn't give me. A, they didn't give me a quantity. They just said no. In their mind, they wanted me to be, be able to be fast. They wanted. They wanted something with high aptitude, right? Something can go far. How? What was the possibility of us? Look at verse number twelve. For when, for the time ye ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again. The aptitude that's in you is you should be teachers. The aptitude that's in you is you should be able to go and tell someone and explain to someone the Word of God. Simply put, you should be able to be a teacher. Now, it doesn't mean you have to stand up behind the pulpit and preach on a Sunday or Wednesday. It doesn't mean you have to fill in the pulpit. What they're trying to tell you is you should be able to take the Word of God and show someone why you believe what you believe. You should be able to explain to someone the way of salvation. You should be able to take the things of God and say, this is for my daily use. Now, there's always things of deeper study. And I'm not saying everybody has to go around knowing the deep derivative of the Greek word joy. Okay, I'm not saying they go so far deep and figure out the deep roots and the connotations of every word. But we ought to go and take the word of God and study it and be able to, di to, dis to dissect it and apply it to our life, to digest it and apply it to our life and make it part of our Christian duty. Everybody ought to have that ability here today. But if you don't know how, it's because you're unskillful in the word and you have to have someone teach you 
what is the first principles of the things of Christ. Well, why? I don't think it's because you've never heard it before. I think it's because it, it was uninteresting to you. You know what? I'll be honest with you. There's times it was uninteresting to me. And if you were here today and you say, oh, the Bible always interests me. It's never been uninteresting to me. I'm going to come back there, pat you in the back and say, wow, aren't you spiritual? Never been carnal a day in your life. Aren't you Mr. Spiritual Genes or Mrs. Spiritual Genes? Because I can tell you, this, this is crazy, but we have two lead, five ladies in the church compared to all the guys. You know how weird our church is? <laughs> our church is just weird. Usually it's full of ladies. And we're full of guys. This is good in some ways, but it's scary in others. But what happens when we stay ignorant? It stunts our aptitude. It makes us stop being able to what we, could, what we can be. It changes from what we are. <clears throat> we pass up on the broccoli. We pass up on the collard greens. We pass up on the, on the leafy vegetables. We pass up on that to get the macaroni and cheese. We pass up on what's necessary in order to get to the easy comfort foods. Well, guess what? You're going to grow up to be a fat, unhealthy, liability to those around you like me because i passed up on the things that i should have been doing but i didn't i passed it up because it was uninteresting to me now i look back at my life and i'm trying my hardest to make better choices but it always seems like it's i'm all i'm behind the eight ball i'm i'm it's the chips are stacked against me i'll never be what i could have been because i chose to stay ignorant towards that which is right What are you nodding your head at over, Jalen? This is where you're supposed to hang your heart and say, no, you're not that bad off. No, I'm just kidding. But um, but we're supposed to, we, we ought not be ignorant. I'm just kidding, man. This is a joke. But, it's, but we ought not be, we ought not stunt our aptitude. Don't hinder yourself from what you could be. Don't hinder yourself from what you can be for the glory of God. It's physically, spiritually, um, mentally, sexually, don't stunt yourself. Don't trip yourself up. Don't, don't do those things that, can, that will cause you harm. Look at next, look at the rest of the verse, verse 12. For when the time you have to be teachers, you have one that need to teach you again, which be the first principles of the words of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not strong need. It stunts your appetite. You're no longer able to handle, you cannot handle the meat of the word. You can't handle steak you can't handle uh chicken or pork or whatever you can't handle the meat because you're so used to the macaroni and cheese the mashed potatoes the oatmeal the sliders you understand what i'm saying you're so used to the simple basic stuff you can't handle meats hey i love macaroni and cheese as much as the next guy anyone here not like macaroni and cheese the altar is open if you don't right everybody loves macaroni and cheese but what about the next? And by the way, chicken tenders, right? Chicken tenders are kind of fun, right? But, you know, buffalo or ranch or whatever, or, you know, honey mustard, barbecue sauce, whatever. But going on beyond that, what about the healthy stuff? Your turkeys, your thighs, you know, the things that are, you know, chicken breasts, whatever. Thing is going to make you healthier besides just deep fried chicken. My brother-in-law this past week wanted to go to Cracker Barrel. He was in town. He wanted to go to Cracker Barrel. I cannot stand Cracker Barrel. Cracker Barrel is like Mr. is like nasty, nasty, bleh, bottom feeder, yuck. I'll take McDonald's over Cracker Barrel. I just don't like Cracker Barrel. 
they had deep fried breaded like turkey like fried turkey and it said a wholesome meal whatever was in the turkey that was of good when you deep fried it and breaded it and deep fried it i'm pretty sure you lost all nutrition out of that thing i didn't have that but i was like man it's nasty but you got to the place you can't take meat you've got to have it milk you got to have milk you got to take the sliders you can't handle regular foods when he got a surgery they put you on a clear liquid diet and after you can deal with the clear liquids you're not throwing it up or feeling nauseous they'll put you on salt they'll put you on a full liquid which means you can have a little bit darker things or cream soup or whatever and then they put you on soft mechanical chewable foods mashed potatoes things like that and then they'll put you on a regular diet but they're not going to put you on it right away they want to make sure you can digest because your stomach can't handle full-fledged meat when you first come out of anesthesia or out of illness they make they, they stagger your steps but 60 something years of a christian life and all you're stuck on is mashed potatoes and oatmeal and cream of wheat and yogurt and you can't get off that and you don't have christian meat you don't have spiritual meat that's sad but what happened was people got to the place where they it suffered their appetite they didn't go into, they didn't move on to perfection. They didn't move on in knowledge of the grace of God, and they became stagnant in their appetite. Number three, they had stagnant ability. Look at verse number 13. Now, I understand aptitude and availability sounds, you know, abilities sound the same, but here's the thing. Aptitude is, is what you're available, you know, aptitude is what you're able to do, and then availability is what you're, open to do like what you're able to do right now everybody has the aptitude to walk with god as a believer you have the aptitude to walk with god into all pleasing but your but your availability is limited because you don't know it yet for everyone verse 13 that useth milk is unskillful in the word of right of, un, of righteousness for he is a babe you're not going to be able to get up and run a marathon you're able to get up take a couple steps <laughs> fall down flat on your face have you ever found, have you gone to a church, maybe you went to a church before, and you've seen other Christians, and they kind of watch you, and you take a couple of steps, and you fall flat on your face. And you get up, and you, <laughs> and you fall flat on your face. And you ever get where sometimes Christians look at you, and you're like, I'm tired of this routine. Anybody like that before? Maybe at work. How many of you work with incompetent people? Come on, let's be honest. And you're like, I've shown you this before, why can't you do it? Right? And don't you get kind of frustrated when people make the same mistakes over and over again? Sure we do. Because we look at what they should be able to do and they're not doing it. As Christians, we see people come to church and we got to be more patient towards it. Sure. But this is where a loving rebuke comes in and says, hey, you should be past this by now. Oh, you came to church on Sunday morning. Good for you. But you weren't here Sunday night. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> You're perfectly fine. You're perfectly healthy. You can go soul winning. You're, nothing's wrong with you. You can go soul winning. You just choose not to go soul winning. It gets tiring. <laughs> you miss church. You start missing Sunday school. You start missing prayer service. You start, you don't read the Bible. And sooner or later, your life is just stagnant. And then you find yourself missing basic things in the Christian life. Your joy is gone. Or where'd your, where'd your joy go? It's still there. Okay, you still have joy deep down in your heart. It's still there somewhere, right? But you got to pray, Lord, restore to me the joy of my salvation. 
right? Give me back the joy that I had because I don't have it anymore. Give me back the joy of thy salvation. Well, what happened to it? Renew a right spirit within me. Your spirit's been wrong because you haven't walked with God into all pleasing. Well, why? Because you chose to stay ignorant. You reach a plateau and you're like, yeah, you know what? I'm not going to read my Bible today. I'm good. I'm not going to pray today. I prayed yesterday. I'm good to go. Yeah, you can live like that. Yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to get up and, I don't know. I don't think I'm going to get up and do exercise today. Well, what happens? Right? So what happens? You go the wrong direction. Right? And it's because you chose to be ignorant. And soon you look back at your life and you're like, man, I should be able to do this by now. I should be able to get up and read the Bible. I should be able to get up and memorize scripture. I should be able to get a hold of God when someone comes to me and says, hey, my, my friend is sick, he's got cancer, or, or I'm in a major catastrophe, maybe a major trauma happened to a friend, and they come to you and say, hey, pray for my dad, he just got into a car accident. Oh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll put you in the prayer chain. They didn't ask you to put in the prayer chain. They asked for you, Mr. Christian, to pray. They asked you, Miss Christian, to get on your knees before God, like they expect you to be, and to pray. Well, you go to church all the time, great, but why don't you put it to practice? Because your availability has been stunted because you choose to stay ignorant. We choose to not proceed in growing. When we do this, it spiritually affects others and ourselves. It stunts our aptitude, it suffers, it, it, our appetite suffers, suffers our appetite, appetite. It's, it's our stagnant ability, and then spiritually it affects others and ourselves. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. It doesn't affect you anymore because we've things don't bother us as much as they used to. We're not tempted with youthful lusts because we've, fled, we've fled from those things by understanding the Word of God. We've chosen the deeper things. We've chosen our walk with God above the commotion of this world. But go back to verse number 12. There's a word that's used here. Now understand this word, it's in a plural form. It's not for my benefit or not for, you, not for the individual benefit. It's for others. Does anyone know what the word is? Teachers. For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again. So while you should be able to be able to teach others, you have to be taught. But why? Well, what happened? You chose to stay ignorant. And now it's time for you to teach someone. Nothing brings back the hatred of math like having to teach fifth grade math. And it's absolutely true. We're going through Abigail's math book and started asking about how the how to multiply by casting out nines. Why? Why do we have to cast out a nine? Just add the stupid numbers. <laughs> it makes no sense to me. The greatest common factor, least common multiple. Fractions. Multiplying fractions. Inverting fractions. Decimals. I don't get the point. But it's like when... Yes. That was, that was for you. That was awesome. But anyways, when we choose to stay ignorant, the time comes for someone that asks of us of the hope and the reason of hope that's in us. We don't know it. We scratch our head. We say, oh. 
It's not for us in this dispensation. You don't need to worry about that. And we give a quick dismissal answer because we don't know it. And when the time comes, I'm not saying we have to be a walking encyclopedia. We're, Christians aren't supposed to be encyclopedias. We're supposed to be user manuals. People are supposed to look at us for an example and say, aha, just like Christ is our example. People say, oh, okay, I see it now. I see Christ in you. I can understand it. Good to go. But what happens for us is people come to us about a question and we don't have the answer. I'm not saying we can't ever be stumped. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying we don't know the first things of the, of the gospel. We don't know the first things. Go to chapter 6, verse 1. We don't know the first things of the doctrines of Christ. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Therefore means because of this. So it's continuing the thought of chapter 5. You should know this by now. But we're too busy laying about the principles of the doctrine of Christ. Let us go on into perfection. But we can't. But we're laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God and of doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of the resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. We have to go back and lay the foundation all over again because we don't know the first fruits. We don't know these things. We should be skillful in these things. We shouldn't have someone to teach us these things. We should be able to teach others these things. So why do we claim ignorance like you think is a good thing? This past year, my vehicle, both my vehicles, have needed extra special hugs. And Sean has been super patient in giving my vehicles extra loving hugs. But little preventive maintenance that I knew to do could help. You know, make sure the tires have air. Make sure the brake fluid has proof. Make sure the brakes have fluid. Make sure the headlight fluid is up and topped off. You know, little things like that, making sure there's no headlight fluid, just making sure. But um, doing simple preventive maintenance, make sure it's good before it seizes up. Check your brakes, your rotors, you know, make sure you've got fluids, make sure your transmission isn't bone dry, fix the leak on top of your transmission. It's whatever it may be, taking care of the basic, the basic things so that when you go to the mechanic, you're not spending millions of dollars on repair or making him cuss, but either way. But um, when we go, he doesn't really cuss. He doesn't ever want to cut when he's working on the dodge. But as you, but as you go through, it's the things that are basically that are basic requirements. It, you don't have to be a mechanic to add oil. You don't have to be a mechanic to put air in a tire. You don't have to be a mechanic to top off your windshield fluid or check your radiator. You, you, those are those are basic basic things that anybody that gets behind a car that starts driving should know how to put gas in the car to put air in the tire, to change a tire. These are basic principles. As a Christian, there's basic principles that we should know. Yes, there's things down the road we have to study out and get deeper into, but the basic things, ignorance is not bliss. It's insulting. It's infuriating. We don't need to be, we don't need to be uh, ignorant towards the Word of God. We ought to be ignorant towards sin. We ought to be ignorant towards failing. Now, we're all going to fall. But we talked about this morning. We're all going to fall. But you don't have to fail. There's a difference. Falling is one thing. Failing is another. Failing is giving up. Failing is remaining is remaining just ignorant, staying in a place of, of no use. Don't do that. Don't be that. Hebrews chapter 5, but uh, verse 14, But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. 
even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And that's a mature Christian. They can get to the place where they can sense good and evil. And they have a choice now. They, we all have a choice. Now that we're saved, we have a choice. We don't have to serve sin. We can choose not to serve sin. We don't have to be gullible. See, Eve was told not to touch the fruit. Eve was told not to eat of the fruit, right? Eve was told not to touch the tree. But guess what Eve did? She was deceived because she didn't know good and evil. Until she disobeyed and she touched the tree, that's when she became, that's when, that's when things went messed up, right? That's when things went wayward. And then Adam, fully knowing what God had said, fully knowing what God had said, he chose. He chose poorly. And uh, that was Raiders of the Lost Ark. Come on. Anyways, so we go through we go through the we go through the things of God. We have a choice to sin. We have a choice not to sin. But those who don't know, those who don't understand, they're they're caught up with it. Maybe Christians, they fall into things. They fall downstairs. They get into things they're not supposed to, cat litter boxes. They get into all kinds of things, but hey, they're they're curious. Yeah, but they're causing a lot of pitfalls and headaches to everyone else around them. And they don't know any better because they haven't learned any better. But we have to study the Word of God and show ourselves approved. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of Truth, knowing the Word of God, and applying it to our hearts and minds so we're not coming up ignorant. Let's not be ignorant. Let's take time to be holy. Let's take time to put the Word of God and establish it in our hearts and minds in our lives. All right, we'll close in a word of prayer. And then we'll make sure we sing happy birthday to Jalen. And uh, Brother Eka, if you would be us in prayer.